everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Lovely to have your company here back in Australia. God, what a beautiful country, and it's uh, one of the best places to fly into as well. You know, flying into a lot of different countries, you, you get a sense of a place just by flying over. And I think I've said it before, you fly over LA, it just looks like a concrete city. Uh, the homes, you know, it's not a very high-rise city, um, you know, in density size. You know, your, your Chinese cities and even European cities are quite you know, three and four stories. But LA is very much, um, you know, a flat city and it, there's not a lot of trees. But you fly in over Sydney and... Even in the in the burbs, there's trees in the streets, there's trees in the backyards, and it makes a big difference. It's a beautiful place to fly into. Um, Your Tech Life episode 361. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, Alcatel, uh, and their uh, range of smartphones and Trend Micro Internet Security. Uh, we do it all thanks to those great companies, and I appreciate you supporting them as they support this show. Um, I'll get through a couple of emails we received this week. Plus, um, I want to talk about the future of retail. Uh, Kogan's gone curved. There's a few things around. Freeview's doing very well. Internet streaming is booming. Um, and there are still some great Samsung Galaxy S8 deals out there. I actually don't remember what I mentioned in detail last week, but I just want to recap um, one of the deals, especially Amazim. I had a bit of a look at how their deal was operating, and it's pretty darn good. Um, we've got a bunch of calls to get to. We're going to talk about uh, cruise ships, Facebook, uh, power monitoring, Wi-Fi, and uh, we're going to touch base with uh, Rob, who's a regular listener, and you would have heard him on the show as a caller, um, who is making the switch from iPhone to Android. Um, with my assistance and as a little test, you'll read his thoughts and views at eftm.com.au, and we will uh, we'll talk to him regularly here on the show to get a sense of that uh, transition and how it's going. Uh, all that ahead this week on Your Tech Life. So a couple of emails I uh, received this week, which was awesome. Um, and thank you always for getting in touch um, as I dig them up now on my computer. Um, my ranting last week uh, regarding the show was uh, obviously useful. A few people got in touch, which is great. Um, and, um, for example, Ross saying, a long-time listener to both your tech life and two blokes. Recently listened to a few uh, talking tech shows, but they're just too long for regular listenings. And I, I get that point totally, Ross. Uh, talking technology being my radio show five nights a week. It's, uh, what is it, 45 minutes uh, a night probably as a, as a podcast. There's a lot of content. So unless you've got literally hours a day to listen uh, in your podcast time, it's probably a challenge. A couple of recommendations from Ross. Um, Daily Tech News Show and This Week in Tech. Um, and he said, Tom Merritt uses Patreon, and I help him via that contribution mode. Would do the same if it was available to you. And Ross, I appreciate that. Um, Patreon's a really cool system where if I set up a Patreon page, you could 
kind of donate, uh, like an ongoing, you could say, oh, I'll commit $2 a month or $10 a month and uh, support uh, the content. Now, I've genuinely thought about that before, um, but here's my thing, uh, t- two issues. Uh, one, it's public, and it, uh, frankly, makes me very nervous that there might be just three people supporting me, and it just doesn't look good. Uh, it's greatly appreciated, but it just doesn't look good. Unless you get you know, 10,000 people like probably Tom Merritt has, it just doesn't look good. Um, we're a very small country, and um, I just don't know that we have the the audience to support that kind of thing. And you know, look, let's be very clear: I'm supported very well here by the sponsors on this show. Um, I don't do this show only for fun. I do bloody love it, but I do it um, because it's a commercial venture for me now, and it has been for some time. And it's probably the most commercial venture that I have actually. Um, so the best thing you, Ross, and anyone listening can do is support the companies that support this show. Um, those currently being Garmin for, for watches or sat-navs or fitness equipment, Alcatel for mobile phones and Trend Micro for internet security. Um, that's that's appreciated. Um, but he says, keep it up. I like your honest and locally focused content and you don't take yourself too seriously. No, hell I don't, Ross. Thank you, mate. You're a good man. Um, Howard uh, from Balmain says, uh, you asked about the podcast. Podcast. I listen and love both. Like it best when the... Um, when there's no overlap and there's phone-ins. Um, so you're going to love this show, uh, Howard, because there's a lot of phone-ins today, a lot of calls today, and um, don't think we'll be overlapping too much with two blokes talking tech. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Howard, he says. Thank you, Howard. Good man. Uh, Jeff um, from Victoria says, love the show. Prefer your podcast to two blokes talking tech. Well, don't tell Stephen that. Jeez. Whew. You get very upset. Please keep doing what you're doing. That's, to be honest, um, Jeff, Exactly what I wanted to hear, mate. It's really, really appreciated when you just say something simple like, please keep doing what you're doing. Um, that's kind of what I was looking for. I'm not uh, you know, reaching out for compliments. I'm reaching out for feedback, and it's, it's really cool to get it. So thank you for engaging in the show, um, and, and, and it's greatly appreciated. Um, always good to see what people are saying and where you're from and where you're listening and all those different things, and, um, and I do greatly appreciate it when you get in touch with me either via the um, – via the feedback icon at uh, eftm.com.au or uh, on Twitter or wherever it might be. And don't forget to uh, leave reviews on iTunes. Um, it's greatly appreciated if you get take the time to write a few words and uh, leave a little star rating. It always helps. It all goes somewhere, folks. It all goes somewhere. Now, here's a story I put up last night um, about the future of retail. Um, now, to be clear, this report comes from AMP Capital, who own a bunch of shopping centres. Um, but they say future shoppers, as they're calling them, which are basically Gen Z, I think, the younger generation, um, future shoppers are loving the traditional shopping experience. In fact, 87% like or love shopping in store compared to 79% who like or love shopping on the interwebs. So... Kind of interesting if if that's true. Now you have to take it as true because it's you know it's a solid survey, um, and that's really that's really interesting to me that the younger generation quite enjoy the in store experience. Now this could be quite interestingly simply a gimmick, um, you know, an in, an enjoyable circumstance because it's so different. It's good to get out. It's good to see and physically touch products and they don't know that space. But what's really interesting is they, they delved into that a bit more and realized that um, these, this next generation are loving the idea of, um, uh, I guess you'd call it technology in their, um, 
uh, in in their shop. So having a, a short list on your phone, having an app that that alerts you when you're walking past a store, um, having an app that alerts you to discounts when you walk past a store. So many kind of technology innovations that can be utilised to enhance the shopping experience. Apparently, 63% of the next generation shoppers love the use of retailers' uh, wishlist functions on their app. So it really just means that retailers, if you're going to have a bricks-and-mortar store existence, you have to invest in online and apps as well. You can't assume that the in-store experience is all you're going to need. Um, apparently, this is what worries me most, blokes, 46% say they're more interested in staying ahead of trends than women. Okay. And strangely, younger blokes enjoy shopping with others. At 56% of male future shoppers say they have more confidence when shopping with others. Those are not statistics that I relate to at all. Um, but I'd be interested in your views on this. I mean, is this completely biased? Uh, do you prefer online shopping? I'm just going to say to you, I don't. If I was to find out in some way how much money I spend entirely, it would be less than 10% online, uh, not including bills and, and transferring money and things like that. But actually in um, in buying goods and service goods, um, it would be probably 95% uh, in re- retail traditional stores. Um, I spent a lot of money in New York last week. I bought suits. I bought shoes. I would never buy that stuff online. No, I got to feel it. I got to see it. I got to put it on. I got to wear them. I got to know that they're going to work. I don't want the drama of sending stuff back. And I think that's where online retail still has a long, long, long way to go. Um, and I may be Robertson Crusoe on that, but I don't know. I'd be interested in your views. Um, the website you need to go to if you want to express your views to me very easy it is uh, eftm.com.au talking technology without the jargon your, your tech, tech life with trevor long now kogan last year launched a um a curved tv in fact it was the beginning of this year curved tv a 55 inch at about 750 bucks uh this year they've uh they've announced a 65 inch curved tv now i've said a million times curved tvs are um are great if you live alone because you can sit in front of it and get the full experience But if you live with people, um, you sometimes have to sit askew from the TV, to the side, to the left, to the right. Um, And I don't know, the angle of a viewing uh, a curved TV just ain't as good, I think. But this TV, uh, 4K TV, 4 HDMI ports, which is awesome in itself, USB recording, uh, $1,200. Now, that's the intro pre-order price. Uh, It'll ship at the end of this month. After that, it'll be a $1,400 TV. So... Still great value, but at twelve hundred, it is cracking value. Sixty-five inch curved, excuse me, curved TV, uh, twelve hundred dollars from Kogan. So, uh, well worth checking that puppy out if you're um, if you're looking for uh, a new TV, um, whether it's for the man cave or um, the bedroom or the second uh, room or the lounge room. If you live alone, I just don't think it's um, it's the best TV um, for a family shared lounge room. That's all. That's my main point. Um, so check it out. It's uh, there's photos up at eftm.com.au, and of course you can order at kogan.com. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Trend Micro, and you should check out their home network security box. This little box sits discreetly on your home network. You plug it into power, you plug it into your modem, your router, and it protects your smartphone, your tablet, your gaming console, your t- smart TVs, and other connected devices from uh, in your home from cyber threats. So on the Wi-Fi network, any device connected 
um, it can block malicious websites on devices like gaming consoles, smart TVs. Uh, it can monitor and restrict the web usage of internet for children, and you can do that by device. It can defend against other network attacks um, coming into your network. It can monitor your network for intrusions and notifies you at any risk of cybercrime. Uh, it can control the usage and security of connected devices via mobile app. It is really simple to use uh, and uh, well worth checking out. The app is simple and great. Uh, it shows you how many devices on your network and what they're up to. Um, for parents, families, for people worried about their home security, the Trend Micro Home Network Security Box is all you need. Uh, check it out, people, online. Uh, just search Trend Micro Home Network Security. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your Tech, tech life. life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Your Tech Life. The website is eftm.com.au. Go to there, send me an email. I'll get in touch if you've got a question, a problem, or you want to have a chat about anything tech in your life. Leanne's on the line. G'day, Leanne. Hi, Trevor. How are you going? Really good. What can I do for you? Right, Trevor, I've got a question for you. I'm travelling um, to Antarctica in the new year, and Ooh. I was just wondering what are the best travel plugs um, to take with me because I'm also going to the Galapagos as well. Wow, uh, that's awesome. Who are you going with? Um, I'm going with a, a travelling companion, and um, it's been on the bucket list for a long time, and you go, you know what, let's do it. Is it a, like an organised thing through, um, like I'm trying to remember the name, Chimu Adventures of the people I was talking to on the radio a few months ago about all the stuff they're doing in the Galapagos and Antarctica. I had no idea you could pretty much go there and walk around. It's amazing. Yes, you can. You spend a lot of time um, on ships and then you just do island hopping and go for a bit of a walk around. So most of my accommodation is actually on a ship. So that's why I wasn't too sure about the travel plugs, which ones would be the best ones to take along. Right. Well, I'm going to say to you, I've got the perfect product for you. Um, I, I, you know, was sent this by Belkin, you know, ages ago and thought, yeah, whatever. But I travel a fair bit now and it is absolutely ideal. Um, it's called the Surge Plus now. Um, it's it's sometimes called the Travel Surge. If you search Belkin Travel on Google, you will yep. find this thing. It's this little. It's got two Australian PowerPoints. It's got two right. USB ports, and it's got a, a removable plug that goes into the wall. And then in the pack, you get all of the international travel adapters. So. Oh, you, you might get on one cruise ship that's got an Australian plug and another one that's got European, and you'll just never know. So you're better off having all of them. And then what I do is I just travel. I carry this one thing, and then I don't need to take a little brick charger for my mobile phone or my camera because they plug into USB. I don't need to bring yep. anything extra for my laptop because it plugs into the Australian PowerPoint. It's ideal. Um, oh, fantastic! So that would be that would be my recommendation. Uh, it's called the Belkin Travel Bel- Belkin Travel Surge. They changed the name a little bit, but you'll find it very easily yep. if you search Belkin Travel. I think even Officeworks have it. Uh, about fifty bucks. Um, now, oh, okay. I, I would recommend, and this is just going to be my only um, safeguard for you because you, you're not going to get to check out the cruise ship beforehand. Is I would recommend you um, you find out which uh, which countries' um, power adapters are in this cruise ship. If it's an Australian cruise ship, it'll be Australian PowerPoints. Um, yeah, well, the cruise, the, the ship that I'm going on to Antarctica is actually a Russian uh, right. research vessel. So right. it's only a very small vessel. So, yeah. so you definitely want to, what you want to do then is you want to triple check the, the Russian uh, adapters. It'll be the European. And just go to, <laughs> yep. um, you know, a travel store or frankly, Woolworths have them and just get one of those standard... I think the Kojo is the, is the brand that, that is very, very big in this space. Just get one standard adapter that is, you know, European to Australian because 
The reason I say that is this Belkin thing is blow your mind brilliant, except when the PowerPoints are like two centimeters from the floor or from the desk, because this thing needs to yes. plug in and then dangles underneath it. Um, you'll know right, what I mean okay. when you see it. And and you go to a hotel, I go to a hotel sometimes, and the PowerPoint's really close to the to the desk, and you can't plug this thing in because it needs space underneath the PowerPoint. So that's the only yep. negative to it, but just take another power adapter as a backup, which also means you can have another one in some other area of the room, but you'll be fine. Fantastic. You sounds sounds like an amazing trip. When do you leave? Uh, in January. Awesome. That is going to be yep. amazing. You've got a long time to plan, so all good. Um, yep, so that's why I've, I've got a list and I've been slowly ticking it off. And, uh, yeah, travel plug was sort of like halfway down. I thought, got to get it sorted. There you go. Good one, Leanne. Enjoy the trip. Right. Thank you very much, Trevor. My pleasure. And uh, if you've got a question about technology, whether you're travelling or whether it's at home, uh, just go to the website, eftm.com.au. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, Trevor along with you on Your Tech Life. If you've got a question about technology, problem with technology, doesn't matter what it is, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Jason. Hi, Trevor. How are you going? Good, mate. What's up? So we're moving into a house. We're on a uh, single-level property at the moment. It's about 200 square metres, and we're moving into a three-level suspended uh, concrete slab house. Wow, yep, okay. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get the Wi-Fi to connect throughout the whole property. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to see if you had any ideas for me. Mate, no doubt, um, you know, it, it's going to be a challenge because the concrete slabs are a big fun thing for Wi-Fi. Um, there are, there's a couple of things you can do. Obviously, you could uh, – are you building it or is it, is, is it pre-built? Yeah, it's pre-built. It's 20 years old. Right, okay. Um, so, look, um, in the end, the, the, the best thing you can do then is probably look at um, what they now call mesh uh, Wi-Fi systems. So – Netgear, Orbi, uh, Linksys, VLOP are the two uh, main brands currently known. Uh, Orbi, I think, is the only one in the Aussie market yet. But I've I got to be honest, mate, I was blown away by Orbi, and not because Netgear are a sponsor of the other podcast, not because of any other reason, mate. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> it's so easy to set up. It's just expensive. So 800 bucks for the for the two satellites. But in a three-level home, you could put a third satellite on the on the top level as well. Um, and I think the third satellite is going to cost you another couple of hundred bucks. But, mate, it will comprehensively cover your home in internet, <laughs> which is what you want. Yeah, right. Exactly. Will I need to set up a modem router with that, or is that built into the system? No, so what you'll need – so this is your router. What you'll need is a modem. So uh, the yep. modem, you know, you know, obviously supplied by the telco, doesn't have to be anything flash. And, in fact, you want to disable the Wi-Fi on the modem because most modems come with a Wi-Fi network. Disable that, turn it off because you don't want to use that Wi-Fi network. And essentially, what I have is I've got a, um, I've still got Big Pond cable, so and I've got a, a two-level home, but it's um, it's not concrete slab, but it's so the so the Big Pond modem is sitting here next to my desk in the bottom corner of the home, um, and the only thing plugged into that modem is the Netgear Orbi, because uh-huh. then what you do is Orbi then becomes the hub for the whole network. So everything I plug in, whether it's a network storage, whether it's a TV, or whether it's just my Wi-Fi devices are all off the Orbi network, so they are all on a common network for any kind of file sharing or streaming or anything you want to do. It's all uh, under control that way. So, um, yeah, just get your standard modem from your telco. Uh, Don't let them oversell you on anything amazing. And then invest in uh, something like the Orbi, and, uh, mate, you you won't look back. Uh, I would suggest that you'll need to try and arrange for the satellites to kind of sit literally on top of each other. Um, so wherever the modem is, you know, the room above that is where you want the first satellite. 
because if if you put okay. the if you put the satellite too far away on the next level, you're going to have a degradation of that signal. Um, yep. So you know it's going to penetrate a concrete you know block, no worries. But you know it if will? the okay. if if the depth of the concrete block is such that it's on an angle and it's got to get like it's you're just going to create drama. So um, the 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 shorter the signal. Um, the better the the reception will be because basically each satellite, each Orbi satellite, is just using another Wi-Fi network connect to connect to each other. But it's an independent Wi-Fi network, so it's not one that gets cluttered by all your devices. And so once it makes that connection, you're sorted, and you'll be able to see that from day one. You know, make sure. I mean, look, if it's if I'm wrong, then you're going to need to spend some some effort on running some cable up the walls um, and run what we call access points instead of a mesh system. But I'm pretty confident you'll be fine. And um, when you buy it, you just want to, you know, make sure you keep your receipt. And if it doesn't work, then you take it back and say it doesn't work as expected. And you, they should absolutely give you your money back. Yeah. Okay. Do you, is what is on the market now? Is that the? Uh, is that like a the original model? Is there another model coming out? Do you know? No. So mesh is not new. This is the funny thing. Mesh is absolutely not new. There's been some kind of um, what would you call them? Uh, independent products that have been out there for a while, maybe a couple of years. Um, but what really we waited for was people like Netgear and Linksys to work out how to do it with simplicity, how to do it with uh, consistency, and, and they've nailed that. Uh, I'm sure there'll be an Orbi 2.0 down the track, but it'll just, you know what it'll offer? It'll just offer, you know, 100 megabits better speed or something like that. Mate, honestly, the difference between, a, you know, a version 2 and a version 5 is is really just only speed and range. And if you're putting in a, a 3 or a 2 satellite Orbi system, Mate, range is not going to be your issue, and nor is speed. Yeah, okay. So that'd be good to go with the MBN. Yeah, oh, mate, absolutely. Sort of yeah. mid, mid-level MBN speeds that we can yeah. get. Mate, yeah, mate, you, no, no, you could you could do top-level MBN speeds. That's the thing. A, a basic uh, Wi-Fi network now does hundreds of megabits of, of speed, uh, yeah. and your internet is only at best 100. So... You're only it's only ever really about what you're doing inside the house that the Wi-Fi network speeds matter. Outside the house, it's a bottleneck anyway. Your house is a bottleneck, yep. let alone the rest of the internet. Yeah, sure. Yeah, gotcha. All okay. right, mate. Good luck. All right. Yeah, no worries. Sounds, sounds like good. a plan. Good, good luck with the new house, good. mate. Yeah, can't wait. Thanks, good mate. one. Cheers, mate. Thanks for getting in touch. If you've got a question, uh, problem, or anything about technology, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Now, if you haven't checked out the new range of Alcatel phones coming this year, just go to their website, uh, just search Alcatel Mobile Australia, um, and you'll see the beautiful phones. The A5 LEDs, the phone I showed on the Today Show in Barcelona, has a light-up LED back cover, so um, you can be playing music. It'll actually beat along to the music. Uh, It'll uh, flash with notifications for text messages and the like. It's a great little phone, good quality, um, high-end uh, device at a mid-range, low-end price. It's uh, staggering what Alcatel, Alcatel can do with both price and form and function. The A3 is a nice entry-level phone, still with a fingerprint scanner available. Uh, the U5 is a, an absolute entry-level phone. It'll probably be a hundred-dollar phone, and it is a gorgeous-looking phone and uh, well-designed. And then there's uh, big devices like the A3 XL. So there's a range of new phones coming from Alcatel in 2017. If you're in the market for a phone, keep your eye on Alcatel. You'll find them in all major retailers and, and great telcos. Um, you can even buy a good old simple uh, dumb phone or feature phone, if you like, uh, at your local service station. Alcatel are the third biggest seller of mobile phones in this country. 
and they are nothing to be slouched at. So check out the range, the A5, the A3, the U5, and the A3XL, uh, all uh, blasted over the website for Alcatel online. Alcatel, uh, proud sponsors of uh, Your Tech Life and some great products coming in 2017. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Now, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, regular listener Rob sent me a note basically saying, how hard would it be to switch from iPhone to Android? Long-time iPhone user, obviously observing the world of, of phones and sees a lot of pretty cool Android phones out there. How hard would it be? And I said, well, let's find out. And I happen to have with me a million phones, one of which is the very newish uh, Samsung Galaxy A7. So quite a large screen Android phone, not a cheap Android phone, still like I think 800 bucks. Uh, so they would call that mid, I would call that upper mid tier. Um, but should be everything you'd want from a phone, pretty much the specs of a Galaxy S6 or 7. Um, you know, not, not, not up there with an S8, but still stunning phone. So I sent it down to Rob and I thought, let's check in. Let's see how it's going switching from iPhone to Android. Rob's on the line. G'day, Rob. G'day, Trevor. Mate, um, tell me your first reaction, okay? So you hadn't seen this phone in the flesh before. Yeah, obviously out of the box. Just as a physical device, how did it feel? How did it look? I think it looked, um, it felt very good. Uh, you know, the new box feeling um, was certainly, uh, I mean, it's always a good feeling to unbox a, a new phone. Yeah. Um, it wasn't dissimilar to my experiences with, with an iPhone, uh, packaged very nicely and, um, and, and and a much bigger screen. And are you, was, you was traditionally an iPhone um, like 6 user or 6 plus? What would you be, plus or normal? No, I was definitely a normal user. Yeah, right, okay. Um, so this would, so the A7 so I, is bigger, much bigger. Much bigger, um, yeah. So it's been a it's been a uh, a good change. And what what was the um, uh, I guess the process for that first twenty four hours like? Because putting a SIM card in and making it work is easy, um, but getting things working on it is different. So where does your things you're like? Where does your email live? Where do where are you a cloud user? Yeah, so I, I was lucky in that sense. I guess like I use Gmail as my um, as my primary email address. Yeah. So that was. So I didn't need to set up a Google account for to activate the phone. Um, my accounts were, my, sorry, my contacts were already sitting in Google. Yeah. Um, so they came across quite easily. Um, so apart from putting the SIM card in and ticking all the boxes as you go through setting up the phone, it, it was fairly seamless, I have to say. So yes, yeah, so because your email and your contacts are in Google, all you need to do is put that account in, and it all just comes down. Your SIM card goes in. People, you can make and receive calls. Um, That's right. What have you noticed then, before we talk about you know using those apps, what have you noticed about other things you do, like um, downloading apps that you had on your iPhone? Have they all been available? Have you had to spend much money on apps that needed to be re-bought because they're not part of the Apple ecosystem? Uh, so the only app that I've paid for um, deliberately is the uh, Pocket Cast app. Yep. Um, so that was I support that event. entirely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but apart from that, I haven't... I haven't bought any app. I've, I've downloaded, obviously, Facebook, Twitter, yep. Instagram, and, and Snapchat, all the free ones. Um, and I've, I guess I've fairly been, been fairly confident just sitting on those apps for a little while. Yep. Yeah. And what about music? How do you enjoy music on the iPhone? Uh, use Spotify. Bingo. So that would just be uh, a download and use as well. Yeah. And I guess because I'm still fairly new into the phone, I sort of haven't gone down that road. I guess I'm still warming up to being fully engaged in the, in the phone. So what you're saying is um, you're not committed yet. You're, you're still on date yeah, number I'm one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, st- 
still sitting on the fence, uh, largely. I know they're all free downloads and, and all the rest of it. And um, yeah, I, I guess it's. I guess I'm holding on to something else. Are you still carrying yeah, the iPhone around? Uh, no, I'm not still carrying it around, but I have found that I do revert back to it at home because I, I actually find I use the apps less on the Android. What do you mean? Because I find it. Well, I find I use the phone less because it's actually more cumbersome to use. So, Whereas are you talking the, about standard apps like Twitter and Facebook, or just the phone itself? Uh, no, the standard apps. So, I actually find I'm looking at Facebook a lot less. I'm looking at Twitter a lot less. I'm looking at Instagram a lot less. Um, and I just you know, I, the only thing I can put that down to is that it's more cumbersome to use. Mm, can you describe that? Do you? I mean, is it is it sluggish? Is it? Do the apps just no, not no. look the same? Because I look at Facebook and think it doesn't look that much different to me. No, no, no the the the, app, the apps themselves are, are not sluggish. Um, I just think it's the process of unlocking the phone and going to the apps. I know it seems probably strange to say, but it just seems a lot. It feels a lot harder to do mm. than it does on an iPhone. And is the, um, if, correct me, I don't know, has it got fingerprint sensor? Is it a fingerprint unlock? Yeah. Is that process different? Yeah, yeah no, so it's a fingerprint unlock. Um, but, and that's, and that works, that works well as well. It works good. Um, Have you played around I, with, um, with the home screen? Are you customizing where your apps are and stuff like that to feel more comfortable with it? So all my apps are pretty much sitting, because I've only downloaded probably oh, eight, eight or so apps. Mm. So most of them are sitting on the first screen and then the second screen. So, um, um, have you have you accidentally been getting iMessages on the phone, or did you turn that off correctly before you switched? No, I did not turn that off correctly at all. And so you're still um, getting iMessages from people that are on the iPhone. Well, I don't know. I'm getting text messages. I'm not sure how um, on well, my you, iPhone. You you mean? Yeah, on your iPhone, you're not seeing any messages from people. No, I'm not. Okay, no. well, that, that, that's that's probably a good thing then. Um, it's often yeah. a, often a problem for people switching is you, you have res, residual messages on your on your phone. So I think then okay. there's a couple of things that you need to. I, I think I need to challenge you here to try yep. a couple of things in the next week. Right. Firstly, you need to at least go two or three days with handing the iPhone to your wife and not letting you touch it. Because I, I, I'm already, I'm already there. I haven't yeah. touched my iPhone in in two days, so I'm, right. I'm already halfway there. Right. It was just in the early stages where I, where I, when I see at home, I did revert back to the iPhone. Yeah, because I mean that's it, you're always going to revert. I mean, if you got a nice car in the driveway and a crap car in the driveway, you're going to drive the nice car whenever you can. I'm not saying the Android phone's a crap car. I'm just saying in your, in your first um, first week yep. of it, 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 it can be a, a, a tough one. So then the other thing I want you to do is look. I want you to look at widgets. Um, now, okay. you may not like them, but they are at least a standout um, feature that's different on, on the on an Android phone. And that, so how, yeah, I'm trying to remember how you do it on, on, on that particular phone, but you, I think you push and hold on the home screen in a blank spot, and then you get these wallpapers and themes, and you get a widgets button. And the widgets are interactive modules on the phone. And some apps have amazing widgets. So the calendar, for example, you can actually have a, a visible calendar that takes up what would be like the the space of six icons on the screen is is your calendar on your home screen. Yep. Um, Twitter, for okay. example, you can have your your at replies, your mentions thing, just showing on the home screen. So there's a bunch of widgets that might 
add to the experience? I don't know. Um, yep. There's a Pocket Cast widgets, for example. Um, that my bank has a widget that allows me to quickly see my balance. So uh, these, this is probably one of Android's best features that I just can't believe Apple has only put into that kind of sidebar. You know, you've got to slide to yep. the today thing to get, whereas you can customize where these things appear. So I'd like you to muck around with widgets and see whether there's whether there's any advantage to those for you. How have you found, right. for example, the mail experience? Do you use the Gmail app on an iPhone or do you use the mail app? No, I use the Gmail app. Um, I, I think I tried to use the email app and it wasn't very... Um, it didn't work the first time I set it up. Yeah. If you're a Gmail um, user, so the I'm, Gmail app is the way to go. The, the email or Gmail? No, Gmail. Always, if you're a Gmail oh, user, just use the Gmail app. Yeah. Do you use that same app on the iPhone though? Yes, I do. Yeah, so it should be pretty familiar to you. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, so basically what you're saying to me right now is if I made you choose today, you would definitely give the phone back and go back to your iPhone. Yeah, I, pro- I probably would still. Yep. Um, I guess you go back to what you're familiar with, I suppose. Um, I think mm. I said in my in my article, it's just those um, those three buttons down the bottom. Um, I just think it complicates things unnecessarily. You copped some abuse for that, mate. You really did. A lot of comments abusing you for that. Because, yes. you know, yeah, I know. Those three buttons um, have purpose, right? <laughs> well, they they do. Apparently, they do. But I guess um, little things on the iPhone where. If I want to go back a page, it's a simple. If my if my finger is already on the screen, it's a simple flick of the finger to go back mm. on the screen. Whereas on the Android, on the Samsung, I have to actually go back down to the bottom. Um, remember, firstly, which is the back button, and then push right. it back. So, oh. you know, first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> now it is, but this is the problem, right? And this is why this is an interesting experiment to me, because if Android, I'm not talking about Samsung, if Android, LG, Sony, whoever want to attract people, um, they need to have an experience that is seamless. So it's very interesting to me, um, and I think what we'll do is we'll follow it over the next few weeks, um, give it a, a, at least a month. I think we need to, I need you to be all in on this for a month so that we can determine whether or not there's advantages, because that's the challenge is to find the outright advantages to, to the Android, so that at the very end you can yeah. say, you know what, here's the advantages of Android, here's the advantages of iPhone. And no, I don't think it's an easy switch for people. Um, but the question is, like, if you if your job forced you into Android, then would you be annoyed? Yep. Uh, at this point, you'd probably be frustrated. Um, but a, yeah, again, definitely. after a month, would you be okay? And that's that's the challenge that we're setting you, Rob. Well, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the challenge is for a lot of people, as we know, is you, you get invested into an ecosystem hmm. um, through comfort levels as well as just as well as the apps that you download yeah um and it is hard to walk away from what we know um and and the other question i, I pose to myself is you know these these top tier phones you know the apple iphone you know the new one that's going to come out this year is going to be probably in excess of twelve hundred dollars i assume yeah um you know is that money justified do you get the benefit for you are you justified spending that amount of money when a eight hundred dollar samsung will do exactly what you need it to do um, without the, the big price tag. Well, mate, I'll put it to you this way. I'm comfortable and confident that if in one month from now you're happy with that phone, I'm so confident about the ecosystem of smartphones that I could send you a $300 phone, $400 phone, and you'd be just as much happy with it. 
That's that's how big that gap is, right? You talk about the yeah. twelve hundred to the eight hundred. I'm talking twelve hundred down to four or five hundred. Uh, it's that big a deal that people don't realise yeah. how good those phones are. And so then again, that's the next question. If you can stick with this thing and, and like it after a month, then I, my next challenge will be: how's an even lower grade one, theoretically lower grade in terms of price? Yes. Um, yeah. Because will you notice the difference? And I'm suggesting, I, I'm almost suggesting you won't. And then again, maybe the other one after that is, you know, the $1,200 Android phone and then back to the iPhone. You know, it's an interesting evolutionary experiment, but you need to be comfortable in that world before you can truly embrace. Because, I mean, not, not no disrespect, but you need to be really happy with the phone to be able to then judge a cheaper and a more expensive one as well. So yeah, this right. initial yeah, Android right. experiment is critical. And we're, and we're, we're and as I said, I've dumped the iPhone completely. It's actually... It's actually Lost all charges, no battery on it at all. Good, good. Um, so, so it's uh, it's it's a brick at the moment. Um, <laughs> all right, so well, I'm all, I'm all in. Good luck, and we'll talk again very soon, mate. Thanks, Trevor. Your tech life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Uh, get in touch anytime you like. Go to the website eftm.com.au. We'll uh, try and help you out with your technology question. Colin's on the line. G'day, Colin. Oh, g'day, Trevor. Mate, what can I do for you? Look, I'm just wondering if there was an, an app uh, that you could get that when you were, say, you go overseas for a holiday and you're away from home for some time and there's a power failure and, because mm. you've got a fridge, you know, freezer rather full of food, if there's anything that you can get that would alert you to that fact, the power going off? Oh, wow. I never thought about that because I thought, well, if you're travelling, what are you going to do about it? Uh yeah, um, it's kind of an interesting one because if you think about um, how it would work, you would need a device. I've never seen one for a start, but right. I've I've had a little look around, and there are definitely um, some products out there. I'm just not sure they're um, like a lot of the, a lot of them are in the US and things like that. There's even one. How good's this? There's even one called iSocket, right? That has a SIM card in it. So because here's the problem, right? If there's something at your home that needs to send an alert out. If the power's gone out, your Wi-Fi and your internet are out as well. Oh, okay. So, right. so it, it can't send an alert out. All you can do is know that it's not working. So this little thing, the eye socket, you actually put a SIM card into and it warns you via the mobile network. I can't imagine that, it, that it's that important because you'd have to then have at least 10 bucks a month in you know, mobile costs. So it kind of feels <laughs> like it, it's a little bit of um, overkill. What, what I would think is... Now this and this may not be uh, perfect, but I would wonder whether or not uh, a little bit of uh, personal, um, like go the other way instead of being alerted, whether you could check. Now I can check at my place because I've got cameras uh, and I've got uh, doorbell. I've got other things that are connected. Now while I'm overseas in New York, in fact my cameras stopped working, and it was because um, the circuit for my little office here had gone off. And so the, the hub for the cameras wasn't working. And I opened up the cameras and it just said they're not connected. So I knew something was wrong. So nice. there's certainly ways you could know. Um, you could use something as simple as a Belkin Wemo light switch uh, and, and have that happening. But I don't think there's anything that will push you an alert to, to let you know. Um, but I'm going to take it on notice, Colin. And if anyone listening knows or has seen a product, I'd love to hear about it because it is a great idea. Um, but at this point, I think the only thing I can think of is uh, is, is kind of self-checking on some uh, some uh, products. But this, just quickly, uh, this eye socket I was talking about, it does actually say it works in Australia. It works on uh, certified for Australia, works on Australian mobile networks. Um, 
So, you know, it, it could be the product for you, mate. It could be just the perfect little solution. Oh, thanks, Trevor. Is that I as an E-Y-E or I as in Just uh, I as in the letter I socket. I socket 3G, um, and I'm just looking at it. It says it's, uh, you say, 43. It's $245. Oh, okay. So she's not cheap, but it's a PowerPoint. No. But here's the thing: uh, to be to take it even to the next level, um, there's a there's a temperature sensor sensor for it as well. So it actually can work so that it can monitor the temperature in your fridge or fish tanks. It says, but I don't know how important that is. But right. that's I mean that's taking it pretty seriously. Um, that's sure. that's that's pretty full on. So you know you're looking at three hundred bucks uh, with postage and all those different bits and bobs, but it's going to do the job for sure. Oh, that's terrific! Look, I appreciate that. And yeah, a friend of mine had something hooked up. They had their uh, uh, hooked up to an alarm, but mm. all, you know, all that did was, and really mostly did annoy the neighbours. Yes, of course, and that's know, the thing, but, right? What can you do when you're away other than ring someone you know uh, you trust and say, "Listen, can you go and I don't know, clean out the fridge, or can you check the power, check the check the safety switch, see if it's just me?" But what you can do, uh, Colin, with if you had the eye socket. If you got the alert, then what you could do is you could, you know, the, the uh, Twitter accounts of all the big um, energy companies now show outages in real time. So you could check if the outage is in your suburb or just your home. Right. Okay. That could be useful yeah. too. Anyway, a an couple of yep. ideas for you, Cole. Good on you. Appreciate that. No Joe. worries, Thank mate. Thanks for getting in touch. Pleasure. Bye. And if you've got a question... Uh, very good one, that one. Uh, question about technology. Just get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Trevor along with you on Your Tech Life, uh, eftm.com.au, the place to go to get in touch. If you've got a question about technology, problem with technology, happy to help, happy to have a conversation, see how I can uh, help you. Uh, Carol's on the line. G'day, Carol. Oh, hi, Trevor. Oh, um, please be gentle with me. Oh, of course. Uh, act as if I've got no idea because I don't have any oh, idea. Oh, stop it. Um, you do. <laughs> so many people say um, that and they're just lying. Uh, um, so I really want to know yeah. um, if I can, if there's any way to be a friend on Facebook. I want to see what my daughter's going to be doing, but I don't hmm. want her to be... How old is your daughter? Fifteen. So she can do. I mean, she can league like. I mean, yeah, she's allowed on Facebook. That's all good. But she still lives under your roof, so it's your rules. Good stuff. But when you say you don't want her to see what you're doing, what do you mean by that? Are you regularly on Facebook yourself? Um, bit of a fiend. Oh, really? Facebook fiend, really? Um, Oh, really? And and does she does she know that now? Like, well, I mean, it's it's my um sounding board yeah really. right and so I, so what you're I saying find. is now and then you might have a little vent about family life and the and the kids absolutely and... <laughs> absolutely and i just want i just want to know you know if there's a way for me yep. to 100 you know, i mean and she's very good i yep. mean she's not on it i know that she's not i mean you know all their um all their uh technology is kept out of their rooms and you know whatever so um, yeah, you know, so look, here, here, I know what great news. Doing. Great news. The answer is yes. Um, now, first and foremost, this is not a stalker thing. This is not a technology thing. This is about parenting. And I'm no expert, but and your kids are older than mine, but 
first and foremost, from best I can advise you, it's all about the conversation, first and foremost. You need to you need mm. to let her know you want to be friends with her on Facebook and you want to let her know that you want to see what she's doing on Facebook because you're worried about her and you want to keep in touch with her. But yep. but critically, you don't want to intervene. So you want to let her know that you're no. not gonna you're not gonna comment on, you know, the things that she does. You're not gonna hit like on everything. No. You're you're just gonna be an observer and you wanted to know that and while ever she's living under your roof, those are the rules. Now the thing is, uh, and, and you need her to be honest with you that she's sharing correctly. Now, what you can do is you can join, you can be on Facebook, but you can create a group. Now, it's actually not easy to do, but if you have a bit of a, of a look around, um, you, you, can, you can do it quite easily once you've found the page. I'm just trying to remember where it is, but it's called a list. Uh, and what you want is a, a list of friends. Now, I can tell you I did this only... Um, about a year ago, Carol, I had this run-in with some distant family relatives, and I thought, you know what, I don't need this drama in my life. Um, yep. I friended far too many people on Facebook, and now, if I post something on my private, personal Facebook page, um, I have the option, when I'm posting it, to post it only to what what I call my new Facebook. Uh, and And my new Facebook is a group of just 20 or 30 people. Uh, and, and what that allows me to do is, is say, do you know what? These are the people I want to see it. Um, and these are the people that I don't want to see it and I haven't put them in the list. In fact, on Facebook today, if you go and, and type a post, you'll notice next to the post button is, is a little drop down that says public friends yep. or friends accept. So, oh, could I make her an acquaintance? No, what you do? I don't post. You, I only post to friends, like not. Well, yeah, but friends, friends, friends in Facebook's term is anyone who you have given a friend request to, anyone you have clicked that button for, right? Now, mm-hmm. what what happens is if you say friends accept, then she won't, and you, and you type her name in, then she won't see it. So if I was going to say to everyone, I'm going to have a surprise party for my wife, um, who wants to come? Mm-hmm. Um, I can do friends accept Amanda Long. And everyone will see it except her. Now, really critically, she, you've got to remember this. Your daughter can do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Now, now <laughs> the, only, the only thing you can do there... Probably more, more, more adequately than I can. Probably, so. probably. But, but that goes down to the, to the trust relationship. And frankly, yeah. there, there does need to be a physical uh, relationship there which says, just let me have a look at your phone. And you can have a look through their Facebook. Now, little tip, next to every single Facebook post right is a uh, is an icon a little tiny globe or or two little heads now the globe yep. means it's public everyone in the world can see that post the two little heads means just your friends can see that post two two one head oh my God, you've got me worried now oh yeah no no one head I, I one head and a, I mean I thought that I had had like I did all my privacy thing. Yeah, that's like fine. Well, you you need to just go and check whether or not you. I know. I know that there are two little heads there. Well, the two little heads like, are fine. Like then I that's can't look at the moment just going to your I'm friends. So that's fine, right? Two um, little heads. Two little heads. Carol um, means it's just going to your friends. That's great. Um, the one little head and a great little head means it's only going to some some of your friends. So I don't think you're going to have an issue. But what I would recommend because you'll probably forget to remove her from the friends, so friends accept. What I would mm. highly recommend is creating a custom list. Now, when you create right. a custom list, um, you can create it for all time's sake. And what it also does is remember to, to do that by default 
going forward. So whenever I post now on Facebook, it says new Facebook and it just automatically does that on my mobile and my, and my computer. Uh, and that's just easy. So I would recommend doing a Facebook friends list and, and excluding her from that list and then posting to that from now on. And hopefully you'll, you'll realize that it's all good and she can't see it and um, life will go on. But I can still, I'll still be able to see what she's doing. Yes. Yeah. You're, all you're doing yeah. is restricting slightly further. So you've, you said to me, you've already handled your privacy. You've, you've restricted the world from seeing your post and you've just got your friends. That's mm. good. But what you now want to do is restrict it slightly further to be just some of your friends. Uh, that's all you're yep. doing is you're culling it down a little bit further. So you want to create a friends list uh, and then you mm-hmm. want to call that list something very clear like, um, you know, non-family friends or something. So it's very obvious to you what it is and then post yep. away on that. And you can check because you can mm. grab her phone and say, let me have a look and look at your profile. And if she looks at your profile and can't see those things, Bob's your uncle. Uh-huh. Right. Gotcha. Right. So it's totally possible. But, but remember this, that. Carol. You have to talk about but it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, and that's the rule anyway. It's drop it and let me look at it. Yeah. Um, so for both, I mean, I have two 15-year-olds. Yeah. So, well, you know, and um, they know the rules. And yep. if they're broken, then bang, they're bang. gone. Gone all <laughs> over. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Just, and just, I've just had a quick look and found it on, when you click on, do it on your, on your, on your computer, not on your mobile phone, on your computer, right. go to Facebook and down the left hand side, there's the explore, it says events, groups, pages on this day, friends list, click on friends right. list and then create a yep. new list and spend the time creating the list that you want to be who sees your posts. Okay. Sure. Good luck, Carol. Excellent. Oh, thank you so much, Trevor. Our pleasure. Thanks for calling me back. No worries at all. Um, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it sorts you out. <laughs> have you have you have you turned me off? Now? Not yet. No. Am I still on podcast? No, you're still on podcast. Can I ask one more quick yeah, question? Yeah, sure. Um, the other day when mm. I was listening to you on the radio, mm. um, you mentioned a Lego app. Oh yeah, Lego Life. Lego Life. Very okay. cool. Yep. My son is loving it. Oh he, yeah, no. He, he's oh, well, getting right into the social media. Six, he, so, he, you he, know, and has, you know, even though he's 15, yeah. Lego is his life. Yeah. Um, so, but he can't get the Lego, like, magazine anymore. No, that's right. too old. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, um, uh, they will love it. Okay. My, my son's been building Lego and getting lots of likes. He had 19 likes for one of his Legos the other day. So, he loved oh, it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. We're, we're creating a monster. Exactly. Let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Carol. Good on you. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Trevor. Thanks, Carol. Thanks for getting in touch. And if you want to get in touch, go to the website, eftm.com.au. If you're looking at tracking your health and fitness, the Garmin 4Runner 935 is a cracking beautiful product. Um, uh, Premium GPS running and triathlon uh, with wrist, watch with wrist-based heart rate. Now, this thing offers advanced running and multi-sport features in a very comfortable watch you can wear all day and it only weighs 49 grams. Uh, provides elevation changes with a built-in barometer, altimeter, uh, electronic compass uh, to help you keep your bearings. and It evaluates your training status to indicate if you're under-training or overdoing it and offers additional performance monitoring features. Provides advanced dynamics for running, cycling, swimming, including ground contact, time, balance, stride, length and more and has two weeks battery life in watch mode and 24 hours in GPS mode 
or up to 50 hours in ultra track mode. So there is a bunch of great features uh, and there's a interchangeable um, wristbands. There's a whole range of great things you can do with it. Uh, and it's a beautiful screen, a whole range of inbuilt apps like bike, run, triathlon, pool, swim, treadmill. They're all there. Um, you can customize and connect the watch, of course, and you'll find that online. The Forerunner 935 for the serious uh, athlete triathlon running watch, Forerunner 935. Uh, find it now at garmin.com.au. Some cool stats this week from Freeview, um, and they announced that they had 1.2 billion minutes of free streaming content was consumed last month. Now, there is no genuine data from Netflix and Stan to say who how many subscribers they have, but estimated um, numbers from Nielsen are about 3.53 million Aussies have Netflix and Stan. So subscription streaming services, i.e. they're paying to watch um, streamed content, TV shows and movies. Um, in the last month, on the free streaming services like uh, Freeview FV, the, the TV channel streaming app, um, ABC, iView, Net, uh, SBS On Demand, Nine Now, and all those kind of apps, there were 5.14 million Australians watching. So more Aussies use free content than paid content last month, which is a good sign. Um, we love content, and we will watch content wherever it is if it's good and made available well. Um, the Freeview FV app is an outstanding app for watching live TV. It works just at a heartbeat. It's so easy. Um, and then all the all the uh, free to have great apps for their um, for their catch up services. So you really can't ignore them. And it's hard to argue that they're um, that they're out there and worth uh, worth utilising. So good stats from uh, the free to airs, and obviously they're they're encouraged by that. It was a, it was a solid month for them. We should be clear. Married at First Sight was a huge show for Channel 9. Um, Channel 10 had the Formula 1 live streaming. Uh, My Kitchen Rules kicked off on Channel 7. So there's a lot of content there available, which boosted those numbers. But, you know, the same will occur when billions, or better call Saul, hit stand. Their numbers are going to go up. If there was a new season of House of Cards, Netflix numbers will go up. You can guarantee that. So um, not a not a disappointing month for Freeview and not a bad effort as well. I'd love your views on things like the Freeview app. Um, have you used it? Uh, and if not, why not? Uh, I use it now and then. I have it installed on any, any device I'm using because at a glance, I can watch free-to-air TV no matter where I am. And I think that's a great feature. Very, very cool stuff. Uh, anyway, you can check out more details and data about that. Uh, just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And just lastly, um, at the end of the week last week, um, I had a look at the, the couple of deals that were out there. It's too late now to get the Woolworths deal um, on uh, on the Galaxy S8 and S8 Plus. But the um, the deal from Amazim is is very interesting. Very, very interesting. The, um, the deal from Amazim is to buy the phone outright. Now, Amazim don't do contracts. They don't do 24-month contracts. They sell phones outright. And you buy a phone outright, you're not committed to a contract with them. But here's what they did. The retail price is exactly the same as anywhere else. So it's $11.99 for the S8 and $13.49 for the S8 Plus. But if you buy the phone from Amazim and you're not an Amazim customer, you get a three-month you know, credit if you do join Amazim. And if you are an Amazim customer, you get three months free on their unlimited plans. Now, the maximum unlimited plan is 50 bucks a month, so you could be saving 150 bucks on your mobile phone access. It's not bad, That's not, and that's not worth slouching at because if you can afford $1,199, and frankly, you only need to afford you know, $1,050 because the other $150 comes from uh, Amazim over the next three months, 
You're saving that money up front. You own the phone outright. You can stick with them ASIM for as long as you like and or you can change to other carriers within the 24-month period ahead, unlike you, the case with any other contracted plan. So really not bad. Woolworths had a really impressive 15% off deal that that's expired now and if they brought it back, it would be awesome. Um, but but they, they probably won't urgently. But it was interesting to me that uh, Virgin have the, the cheapest entry in, into the phone, but it only has 0.5 of uh, 500 meg of data, so not very good. Woolworths has the best one gig plan of all the carriers um, by a margin, a pretty solid margin of about 100 bucks over the life of the plan. Um, but really, probably more likely Virgin Mobile, Vodafone did the best in terms of overall plans. Uh, the eight gig area, um, Virgin beats Vodafone just by, by a pipped amount, but... Um, and Telstra, as I've said before, it seems ridiculously expensive as always, but you are getting the network and you are getting Apple Music and different things like that. And Apple Music is available on Android. Um, so there are some compelling offers still out there on the S8. Be interested in your views. Have you pre-ordered one? What are you thinking about it? Uh, are you going to get one? What's your next phone? Let me know. Go to the website, eftm.com.au, or jump on Twitter at uh, Trevor Long. Um, would value your feedback, as always, on the show and what we're doing, how we're doing it, and, of course, on iTunes. Jump onto iTunes, leave a rating, and uh, we'll, um, we'll, we'll appreciate that on, uh, on every occasion we read them. Um, that's it for the week. Uh, we'll be back again soon with episode 362. Uh, this is 361, yeah? Uh, thanks to the good folks at Garmin, at Alcatel, and at Trend Micro. As I said before, support those who support me, and we're all on a winner. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Let's do it all again very soon. 